Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am working at SAP as Customer Advisory Lead for S4HANA Strategy and I'm your host here at the SAP Experts Podcast. Before we jump into this episode 20, I want to start with a small exercise by looking at the names in the top 10 of companies with the greatest market capitalization of today, which is of course 2020. And second, we're looking at those of 10 years ago and compare them. Well, starting off with 2010, we find among the highest values company names like ExxonMobil, PetroChina, Walmart, Petrobras, Royal Dutch Shell, Johnson Johnson, naturally Microsoft, and some other. But I think it's clear what industry and company assets seem to be of high demand. Yes, we are a little bit on the oily side. 2020, though, things look a bit different, with names taking a prominent spot on the list that nobody thought about in 2010. Alphabet slash Google, for example, Facebook, Tencent, Amazon, and Alibaba. Companies that don't see their economic purpose in digging for oil. They are digging for data, which is obviously the new oil of the 21st century. So I am pleased to have this episode Mr. Dirk Heusermann as guest, who is Senior Vice President and Head of Platform and Technologies at SAP. We had a very interesting conversation about how data is not only the blood of enterprises, but what is the actual status and leveraging the value of data, where the chances, possibilities and risks, what are the best strategies in this era and what implications does this all have for you and me as private persons. Enjoy another interesting episode here at the SAP Experts Podcast. Let us talk about a topic in which there are in common perception some companies that make billions and billions out of it. And while another part is at the moment maybe just beginning to realize in, of which kind of treasure they are sitting or they have been sitting all the time um, without knowing it, which is data. And I want to start the conversation by reading some statistics, which are, in my opinion, quite impressive because it's like uh, 90% of the world's data has been generated within the last two years. And the other one is, which I think is some is quite interesting, is in the end of 2020, around 212 billion things will be connected, which will themselves produce more and more data. I guess those are numbers which are not so impressive for you because probably you you work with them every day, I guess. Well, Alex, um, first of all, thanks for having me here today. And of course, what you just described are uh, mechanisms that we see in IT for a longer period of time. Now we have reached such massive numbers is that they are really becoming impressive. But... Um, The underlying concept there is that we have uh, exponential development in data creation, for example. So as you said, uh, we are seeing that every two years, the amount of data human mankind has ever produced doubles. Mm -hmm. And um, the IoT devices you described with this massive number has also doubled over the past two years, which means you know, they're obviously the creator of a lot of this data that is out there. And as you said, many companies are realizing that they are sitting on a gold mine of value. And we can um, 
make this clear by also looking back into the valuation of the largest corporation in the world. When you look 10 years back, the list of the 10 largest corporations in the world is completely different than the list we see today, uh, where, for example, Amazon, Google, Tencent, Alibaba, Facebook haven't been on the list 10 years ago and are now some of the largest, if not uh, the most valued companies in the world. And when you consider what is their asset, of course, it's data and it's a business model around data. So th that's what I've heard at some conference of an analyst saying, um, maybe you would agree that they say for those companies, yeah, they're what we as a consumer maybe perceive as a core business like trade and so on. It's just just a purpose. It's just a sideshow more or less. Their pure business is data. Would you agree to that? I would still argue that Amazon is a retail company. Mm. But they have uh, completely uh, re rethought the way retail is being done and put it on another level in online. And of course, data is a fuel that they are using to make it even more successful. So I would not say that, um, that it's a completely new business model. I would just say it's an enhancement of business model or that they are going into classical business models and taking out the value pieces, take PayPal and the banking industry. It's not the full banking uh, cycle of banking business, but it's a, a one core part where they are making their business out of. And of course, increasing and expanding based on that one. When, when somebody says that data is now even more important, um, where could we like fix that? Because data, of course, has been there all the time. You know, every system, every application needs data. And we have like data warehouse systems like since 20 years and so on. Where do you think, where, when was that, that let's say, um, event or is there an event or that development which again put this on a complete new level? I think data, as you said, has always been important for human mankind, e even when you look back in the Stone Ages, where, you know, at some point in time, people started uh, writing on the wall and creating data, so to mm. say. But now, of course, with the opportunities that we have with technology, with the uh, access um, in the cloud to all sorts of data, with the computing power basically anywhere, and the data spaces anywhere for very low cost, um, this exploded. Now we looked into why is data so important and we have worked together with the CDQ, the Corporate Center of Data Quality. It's a spin-off of the University of St. Gallen and uh, Lausanne in Switzerland. And uh, we worked on a white paper with them uh, called Creating, um, Managing Data as an Asset with the Help of AI. And interestingly enough, we came to a formula to capture how you how you make value out of data and i think this is really important to understand because data itself is just zeros and ones right yeah and what you want to do as a company is you want to make value out of it essentially you either want to make more business which means increase your revenue you want to be more profitable or you want to stay compliant in what way or the other and to create this value it needs three things an amount of data or quantity of data and quality of data and then the usage of data. So the formula to create value is data value is generated by a quantity of data times quality of data times usage of data. Now think about, for example, Amazon. They have masses of uh, data, so high, high quantity of data with good quality of data and they make extremely good use of it. You know, not only that they know you and your profile and then make the recommendation, you know, they even 
pay you back some money as I've experienced myself after ordering an article. I mean, that's a service unheard of. And of course, it makes the customer stick very close to, to them. Uh, and of course, you can think of other companies that might have masses of data, but with really low quality. And then they use it and then you experience that service yourself and you will never go back. Or you have companies who have a high quality of data, a high quantity of data, but don't use it. And then they don't generate value uh, either. So I think this extremely simple formula, how to generate value out of data, makes it clear that there are many disciplines that customers or organizations globally have to consider. When we're talking about data, since like 12 months, or what SAP is talking about, uh, there a new ladder has been added to that discussion uh, with the OData, which is like, let's say, our has been our core business for the last 40 or so years. The X data is the new game, or let's say the new additional layer on top of it. From your perspective, is this just, let's say, just a new Is this a new kind of data or is this just something like where you say this is something like a natural enhancement of what we in our, let's say, data-driven world um, um, already work with? I think it's a very uh, important enhancement of the data that we have. Because, of course, experience always was out there. Yeah? Customers had the experience, but now we are able to capture it. Mm -hmm. And if we combine this X data and O data as we propose, so if we combine the experience for example, of a customer with a certain product and um, the shopping experience they have, of course, it's a whole new view on uh, what we get from this customer. And again, you know, this uh, in the data value formula, I mentioned this point usage. And usage, you can also, it falls into three different layers. One layer is the analytics layer. Now, thinking about X data and O data, if you have the analytics data and you can analyze mm -hmm. Uh, what the customer experience at a certain time with a certain product was, then of course your planning uh, comes to a completely new level that you'd never experienced before. But you can also um, use this X and O data uh, in the second layer next to analytics that is build new products and services around it. And in the past you weren't able because you never had these two data types together. So it's analytics is building new products and services. And last not least, it's really enhancing the processes that you already have with this data. When you look into your interaction with customers, um, where do you think at which level are our customers at the moment um, or is there isn't there something like a general level are they already at the position where they say i can use this immediately or are is it like we have um, let's say best in class data companies and we have companies which are like learning this craft because from my experience i'm quite often meet a lot of customers who say, yeah, data, that was the part like we really did not look into it for the last 20 years and we have, let's say, a huge gap that we have to, to cover up. Um, wh what is your experience concerning the that? Yeah, the cool thing, Alex, is that um, it doesn't really, you cannot really frame it uh, geographically saying, you know, this, and, and I do Germany, Austria, Switzerland, mm -hmm. Eastern Europe and CIS, the Russian states. So you f cannot really frame it on a local level. You cannot even frame it on an industry or company size and even governmental because they also play in. So we mm -hmm. see anything in any country from 
very slow adoption to absolutely advanced adoption. So I can tell you, I, I've met a customer in a very classical industry, oil and gas in Russia, mm -hmm. that had already a head of data monetization. Oh, I would say okay. this is probably the most advanced um, exp uh, you know, experience I made. Okay. On the other hand, what we see is that on to the board level, people have understood that data is a core asset of their company and they need to do something with it. They have understood this is not only uh, something that happens in the CIO's IT department. Many businesses, uh, business lines of businesses have understood this and want to work with it and want to, you know, um, leverage it in a way that makes them, you know, that they make uh, value out of data, I would say. When we look what this means for us as, let's say, an enterprise application provider, um, of course, there are lots of demands that are coming to us that we have to be able like to provide higher speed of data processing and so on. Um, where do you think where are the challenges for us in that area in, let's say, in the most aspects? I think the biggest challenge for us is that to make people aware that we have this offering. Okay. So, you know, as you said, people still see us as an application company and we definitely are. We created this space, but people are sometimes not aware that we have this massive offering in the platform supporting our own uh, process management systems, but also being, you know, this analytics piece. We have a very, very successful analytics stack, stack in the cloud and on-premise. We have the tools and means to build new products and services out of data to extend our existing uh, process management and application systems. But then we also give the foundation that is necessary to do this with HANA, our in-memory platform. And, you know, while people are aware that our core system is called S for HANA, and of course the underlying database there is HANA, we have developed this platform further, not only technically, but also commercially, that we open it very attractively for companies to use it even outside the SAP application stack. And I think this is the biggest challenge to let people know that they have this opportunity and can use this platform also outside of SAP. Do you have some, let's say, examples where this already is adop adopted in a very beautiful way? We have many customers who now use the platform also outside of SAP, mainly Uh, you know, when they leverage data out of social media or IoT and just want to capture the benefits of an in-memory data platform. To, when we look at, let's say, HANA as a basis, which is in most of the cases um, thought of, let's say, this is a technology, this is a data model, this is a um, database, or the database which is providing the data model, um, Where do we have, let's say, the integration points when we say, um, okay, we have as an, let's say, our core business the ERP on the one hand, and then we want to open up to data from, let's say, other sources like social media or IoT and so on. Um, where are, let's say, what is our strategy concerning that openness into um, other data sources? First of all, HANA is not only a database, in-memory database. HANA is a platform. So HANA itself has capabilities to integrate data, to cleanse data, you know, to manage data, um, to analyze data, and to build on top of HANA. I think that's also a, a secret to many people still. But then, of course, we have corresponding solutions that uh, complement HANA. 
uh, be it um, SAP Data Services, uh, SAP Information Steward, an SAP Data Hub that is now recalled SAP Data Intelligence, where we open the HANA world to the unstructured world and where we can go into data lakes, build data pipelines to fuel HANA with the data and the intelligence that sits outside of the SAP environment. So we really give customers an enterprise-grade, a proven technology to work with that data that sits un outside of our structured uh, SAP or HANA world. And this is so important because when you consider again this O-data, Yes, it's exciting to have a customer very structured uh, um, with their addresses, with their um, buying history in our system. But wouldn't it be even more exciting to add all these um, things that you have uh, described before with experience data that usually doesn't uh, come directly from an ERP. It comes from our Qualtrics systems, but it also comes from publicly available data of any uh, customer that is, for example, in social media or in products or machines from IoT. And this is exactly where we open our technology and where customers can also leverage this data and combine it with the data that sits in their operational systems. And this is, of course, then the foundation to do exactly what I described before, generate value out of data. Um, Sven Deniken, for example, called 2020 the year of intelligence from his application strategy aspect. I think that there are probably lots of, let's say, purposes in data management um, where I need also that kind of applications. Like when I want to integrate uh, social media data, I want to know like Dirk Heusermann is the same person like maybe Dirk 007 in Instagram, for example. Um, what kind of technologies, tools, etc., are available in that aspect? Yeah, we need, of course, mapping services where we can do this, but we also need mastering areas where we can then combine this data and create what's so-called the golden record or the single source of truth, where you combine this multiple um, out of multiple domains, these uh, data assets, and then put it in one area where you say, this is exactly the same person or the same product as we see it somewhere else, maybe described slightly different, but in also assure that the attributes that are maybe not in the one system get enhanced by the attributes you get from another system. And that's the way how you really uh, create then a, a very powerful foundation for your future digital business. When you say this, um, two points came into my mind. Like the first thing, of course, we now are talking a lot about IT and about tools and so on. While thinking about the whole conversation, um, probably data itself has become a very, very business-centered topic, which is the one thesis. And the other one is um, to like make this possible. Um, I think companies probably need a pure data strategy. Exactly. You hit the nail here fully, Alex. I mean, once again, to the example I made before with the most valued companies in the world. The interesting question is, if data is such an important asset, and that's unquestionable, why can't we find it today on a balance sheet of a company? I would argue, maybe in a couple of years from now, the CFO comes to a CIO and asks them, what are the data assets we can add to the balance sheet by year end? This is number one question. Number two question is, and we see this interestingly happening already, the politicians will wake up and will ask, how can we tax data? 
because if it's so an important asset and a value driver, of course, taxes need to be applied. Well, so I think we yes. are just at the, <laughs> well, I don't know if, it's, uh, if it needs to be, but uh, it's definitely a very interesting thought. And I think this is something we will see in the near future, only underlying the importance of data once mm -hmm. more. And, you know, this is seen not only, as I said before, in the IT departments. It's really in, in every business area. And therefore, you're right. It's not about uh, talking about complex solutions. The question is how we can open up this data treasure to lines of businesses that they do something with it, that they put data into use by analyzing it, by building with it, or by enhancing the processes. So probably you're talking about mm -hmm. something like, um, let's say, inspiring possibilities because I remember for example an example I think is very interesting because I always remember it I was talking to an um, automotive OEM um, like a few years ago and they already had at this time this let's say option where you can where you're really connected let's call it like that I do not want to um, say the name of that option and I was asking uh, one of the developers and engineers like uh, what happens then when you're connected what, what what are you doing with all of that and uh, the answer at that time and we're talking like 2012 2013 was uh, not so many things we have a uh, lots of ideas but um, it's not that we already have a strategy we're thinking about some things so it's it's much more and probably people should be over that pure collecting phase and collecting status they have now a lot of data they have to to approach that topic um so what what would be your recommendations how a kind of a data strategy which of course at first means of course something like a business strategy what can i do with it and of the other hand like what kind of infrastructure do i need about this um, what would be your recommendation on how to tackle such a strategy Now, of course, for a strategy, there are many components, as you described, that needs to be considered. Also, you know, part of the strategy needs to be who is able to access uh, the data. I mean, the whole term of uh, or topic of data privacy, data security is a massive, massive issue uh, that needs to be tackled here. But, you know, it starts with uh, connecting the data or, as you called it, the collecting of data. It then needs to uh, come into a, a level where you have the capabilities to perfect the data, meaning assuring the, the quality, uh, and then to protect the data. So this all needs to be part of data management. And then, um, you know, there's questions, where does the data reside with t technological answers? But again, these two points with uh, that I would rate under quality and quantity still needs the usage piece. And that's to your example with the automotive uh, provider. Just collecting the data doesn't get you anywhere. Sure. You need to know what you do with it. And then, you know, the simple answer on a high level is, yes, analyze it to know where you are, to predict the future, to plan for the future. Mm -hmm. These are the three components in analytics uh, on that note. Uh, but then also, and, and that's where most people um, think of first, build new products or new business models or new services. I would say for many companies, this is a long shot. I would rather go in the third area where you increase your processes that you already have, where you build and enhance on the business model that you as a company have been running for successfully maybe the past hundred or so years and use that data to improve that what you know best. That's always my uh, premier recommendation next to analytics, which is uh, obviously one, obviously one anyway. But big possibilities also, uh, let's say, are followed by a huge amount of work which has to be done. 
to make this real. When we in our daily business meet companies where people say, um, ah, we did not really care so much for data cleansing in the past years because we did not have the capacity. And now there are these possibilities. Do you think like normal company structures are able to fully encompass this or do we need something like a whole let's say data line of business which is like unif like unifying business aspects and IT aspects to get the most out of it do we need this or do you think like this is nothing for the future which is, which is necessary i would um, i would really always start from the business case I would not decide an uh, organization in a closed room. I would start from the business case and go from there. So, you know, if one line of business decides that they want to do more on data, then start there where you create value immediately. And in my experience, other will, others will then follow. And at some point in time, it makes sense to put this on a wider organizational structure. But as long as you prove that you get something out of it and you massively increase your business on the, pro on, on the revenue side, on the profit side, on the stay compliant side, uh, the three key drivers of data value, uh, then I think um, it's more convincing than building a massive organization where then people rather stay away and say they, they don't deliver mm. to my cause. When, from your perspective, you look into the future a little bit, um, of course we are no, let's say, magicians and um, know exactly what is happening, but where do you think, which topics, or let's say, what are the big things for the next years which may become even more important? Uh, what is your vision about the future? I think we live in very interesting times where we are a step ahead of or a step behind or close uh, before another technical revolution where things seem to fall into places that will completely change we live and work and uh, are today. This is on the one hand the rise of the co uh, quantum computing where you know we will have incredible computing power as we've read a couple weeks back there was a um, apparently um, a proof point for uh, quantum supremacy where the most advanced supercomputer today for um, an exercise would require 10,000 years and the quantum computer uh, solved this just a little bit over three seconds, just to give the example of the power that is out there. On the other hand, we have 5G ahead of us, you know, that um, gives puts us on a completely different level of connecting. And then, of course, we have artificial intelligence Uh, with new algorithms that put and puts these things together. So when you combine all of this and then you listen to what um, some of the futurists say about that in the future you will have not only 3D hearts and kidneys being produced, uh, but also food, artificial food that particularly serves you as a human being depending on your individual uh, statuses. Uh, I think uh, the, you know, invincible life or whatever that is ahead of us is just amazing. And then you combine this with this notion of uh, exponential development, uh, then we sometimes probably underestimate what's ahead of us that's only a couple years out. So I think it's amazing to be there, uh, to be in that time, and it's amazing then to work with the foundation for all of this, which is data again. So it's like in many cases the best way to behave is like being open, being aware, looking for the possibility and, and using it. On, let's say, the last sentence, um, 
since we all ourselves personally in our private lives producing lots of data um, and you are working a lot with data are there some spots where you are a little bit let's say nervous or afraid from your personal perspective of what may happen in the future with your data or is that where you say like um, there are some challenges ahead of us how we what how we cope with our personal data how we use our personal data um, or are you like um, very relaxed about the let's say possible implications for us and our private life no of course i'm conscious with what happens with data as you know i i see data as an asset and i'm also conscious with the money i have in my pocket so i'm also conscious with the data that i create and i have two kids so i obviously want to educate them also to, to be conscious with what happens with the data i think there we still have a breach that it's not completely seen as uh, what uh, can happen with it i you know Uh, last week it was in the newspaper that in a country in the Eastern Hemisphere it's now necessary to have a picture before you register for your mobile phone. And of course in this country they also have the means to track you down in the streets and to give you social um, grades or whatever. I think this then reaches a point where it's a little bit above my expectation what should be done with the data and therefore consciousness, I think it's important. But we shouldn't limit ourselves by these things where it can go wrong and rather look what can go right with the data. And some of uh, the examples I just described before, what can happen to our health, what can happen to our um, way of living today. I mean, think back uh, 10 years ago. Uh, what was on, I mean, there wasn't an iPhone, right? Or it just got created. And what you do today, when I look at myself, uh, what I can do when I travel, for example, it's just amazing what is there with the technology. And therefore, again, I think it's important to have a healthy view on what you do with it on the one hand. And, you know, the, I, that's why I like the, the thought of having it as an asset. Um, just consider how you keep your other assets, but then on the other hand, um, also look in the future and look at the fantastic possibilities that are out there. Great. So for for um, finishing up, when people want to know more about your endeavors in the world of data and um, what you have to tell the world, where, where can people follow you? It's very easy. Look at hashtag GiveDataPurpose. That's our big campaign here for our unit in Middle and Eastern Europe. Great. Dirk, thanks a lot. It was a big pleasure. Thank you, Alex. Same here. Have a good day. Bye-bye. That was episode 20. Thanks a lot for listening. And if you want to support us, please like, share and subscribe us. We are available on all relevant platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and OpenSAP. Again, thank you very much and I would be honored to have you again as listeners for the many upcoming episodes here at the SAP Experts Podcast.